Today in Canadian History for February 3rd, I'm Mark Affeld. On this date, back in 1976, Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau was in the midst of a 12-day diplomatic tour of Latin America. This tour was particularly controversial due to the friendly nature of the Prime Minister's visit with Cuba. Trudeau and Cuban President Fidel Castro spent an evening together skin-diving and spear-fishing, and they talked late into the night. Now remember, the American embargo against Cuba had been in effect for well over 10 years at the time. This means that while it was illegal to own a Cuban-made cigar in the United States, the leader of Canada was shouting Viva Cuba in front of a crowd of about 25,000 Cubans. To learn more about Trudeau's image and his relations with Castro in Cuba, I spoke with the author of Extraordinary Canadian's Pierre Trudeau, Nino Ricci. Over the years, Trudeau has become a, an icon of a certain certain time and era in Canadian history. I'm wondering, do you think that the man himself lives up to that iconic status? Uh, well, he, uh, he'd he always had um, uh, um, an interesting public image, even before he came into the public eye in, in English Canada. He already had quite a profile in, in Quebec uh, because he'd been involved in uh, Cité Libre, sort of... Uh, uh, left-leaning um, um, uh, journal of pol- political dissent. Uh, he'd been a television personality uh, and, and so on, although he'd been considered in, in Quebec a bit of a dilettante because he'd never really been able to stick to, to one big project. And when he burst on the scene in, uh, in English Canada, I, I think in some ways, I mean, he did bring a certain panache to politics that hadn't been there before. You know, the fact that he wore sandals in Parliament, which uh, upset John Diefenbaker to no end, uh, the fact that he drove a sports car, uh, the fact that he always had some pretty woman on his uh, on his arm. So he did have that that style uh, that made him stick out, though uh, I think he was a bit uh, surprised uh, at, at, at the profile that style ended up giving him and how he became characterized as, as a sort of uh, man of uh, uh, of the of the of the era, this uh, sort of flower power political figure. His mm-hmm. own comment years later was that, you know, in fact, his own political views and political political opinions were not that different, say, from those of Robert Stanfield, who was the leader of the uh, Progressive Conservatives Conservatives at the time. But yet, the way it played in the media was that these two were radical opposites. You know, Stanfield was the uh, uh, you know, symbol of the past and the old guard, and Trudeau as the symbol of the new and the uh, the, the new era. Uh, in fact, in not only in views but uh, even in age, he was not so distant from a lot of the people he was contrasted to. He was always portrayed as this very young man, but he was already in his late forties when he entered politics. Uh, and in fact, there were much younger men entering politics at the same time as him. Uh, when Trudeau was appointed uh, the uh, Minister of Justice, at the same time, John Turner and uh, and Jean Chrétien were made ministers, and and they were uh, substantially younger than him mm-hmm. by by an order of ten to fifteen years. Uh, and nobody was commenting on their youth, but everybody was commenting on Trudeau's youth. Uh, as if he was this uh, this this force. There was something about him that that just had that charisma, that had that that popular appeal, and and made people and made journalists in particular uh, want to latch on to him uh, and 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 promote him as this force for the new. 
think that Trudeau was aware of, of the effect that, that something like spear fishing with, with Fidel Castro would have had on his image? Or was that uh, the image completely besides the point? Well, one of the things I found in doing the biography is that as much as uh, he was a creation of the media and as much as he got by on his image as opposed to on substance, when, uh, when you scratched the surface, you found, in fact, that substance was there nonetheless. <laughs> Uh, even on an issue like Cuba, uh, I mean, I, I think it rankled. Uh, it, it rankled as many people as it pleased that Trudeau hung out with with Castro. I mean, a lot of people on the left were pleased that here was, uh, you know, here was uh, uh, Trudeau going out with this, you know, communist leader. Uh, a lot of Canadians were pleased because he was thumbing his nose to the Americans. The Americans had uh, had. had uh, declared uh, Castro a pariah, and yet that didn't stop uh, Trudeau from from hanging out with him. Uh, and there there did seem an element of uh, um, uh, showmanship in in that relationship. And yet uh, it was a relationship that went back surprisingly to John Diefenbaker. Uh, John Diefenbaker had been the first one to defy the Americans, and the Americans had declared that uh, that Cuba. Uh, was off limits, and that uh, Castro was persona non grata. Uh, Diefenbaker had defied them. You know, he said, "We'll make our own uh, policy," and in fact, had maintained relations with Castro. Uh, and and it has always been uh, Trudeau's position, uh, even when he worked in the Privy Council office and uh, and was writing memos for uh, for Lester Pearson, who was then uh, the the Minister for Foreign Affairs. Uh, it had always been his position that the, that Canada ought to distinguish its foreign policy uh, from that of the U.S. and ought not to fall into the kind of Cold War logic that uh, that the Americans did, because that that logic was distorting of the reality. Uh, so Trudeau, who had been to the Soviet Union, for instance, in in the 50s to see what was you know happening there, to judge with his own eyes whether the the vision that uh, uh, McCarthyism was portraying of the Soviet Union was accurate. Had decided that uh, that it wasn't. That there were there were a lot of complexities there, and he'd always gone out of his way to show the people he dealt with in the Soviet Union that he he treated that he he understood those complexities and uh, that he would treat them as um, uh, as you know complex individuals with. Uh, a complex country to run. So he didn't necessarily agree with them on every issue, but he at least was willing to have that dialogue. And I think as much as there was a kind of showmanship in you know, him going spearfishing with Castro, there was also a real agenda there to, to try and work with countries like that and to understand what they were facing and, and to have a kind of uh, entente with them. And, and and in in fact, he was often the forerunner in that, and in the, the forerunner in that regard. One of the things that pissed the Americans off about his relationship with with Castro was that they had been in secret talks with Castro uh, at that very same time, uh, and uh, um, they had broken them off uh, over over uh, Castro's involvement in Angola. But uh, they were afraid of being scooped uh, by by Trudeau. In fact, Trudeau often was. Uh, a groundbreaker on those fronts. You know, he was friendly with uh, with uh, China before Nixon's uh, visit to China. He was friendly with the Soviet Union uh, before um, uh, things started softening between the U.S. and uh, in the Soviet Union. So, 
So I think there was always, in fact, substance behind the show that, uh, that, that justified a lot of his positions. Today is a day full of Canadian history. The Parliament buildings were engulfed in flames on this date back in 1916. The fire killed seven people and destroyed most of the original buildings. The coldest temperature ever recorded in Canada occurred on February 3, 1947 at Snag, Yukon. The temperature? Minus 63 degrees Celsius. And as always, we aired this episode of Today in Canadian History. Today in Canadian History is produced by CJSW 90.9 FM. The executive producers are Joe Burma and Mark Affeld. Original music is produced by the Fisk, Fletcher and May Trio. For more information on the series or to recommend an event or moment, check out our website at cjsw.com slash today in Canadian history. It's Canadian quiz time once again. All right, now that you know the coldest temperature ever recorded in Canada, can you guess in which province the warmest temperature was ever recorded? Was it BC, Alberta, Saskatchewan, or Ontario? Well, it was actually Saskatchewan. The towns of Middale and Yellowgrass recorded a temperature of plus 45 degrees Celsius on July 5th, 1937.